When you hit the core the right way, that's when win rates go up, stage progression accelerates, sales cycles go faster, and deal sizes increase. When you build relationships and align with your core, you build retention, drive customer lifetime value, and expand with your core as you provide greater value to them. ABM is about building customer lifetime value with the 20% of accounts that can deliver 80% of your revenue growth. But go-to-market teams are challenged with defining their ICP. They're challenged with segmenting, selecting, and prioritizing accounts to execute ABM on. And as a result, they build a pipeline that goes nowhere. In today's video and ABM Done Right podcast, I will discuss the challenges that teams have when selecting accounts and share recent research from Corporate Visions. I'm Christina Jaramillo, president of Personal ABM. And I believe that ABM is about investing in your future and existing tier one customers. Now, each customer investment carries a different weight and risk and returns, just like my financial investments in stocks and ETFs and funds and other items in my portfolio. The problem is that GTM teams look at a company size, revenue size, and technographic data to develop their ICP, but they fail to dig deeper. What are the characteristics of the accounts that provide the greatest growth now and the ones that can provide the greatest revenue growth in the future? What made them buy in the first place? What was happening in that organization? What are the characteristics of those accounts that provide good returns, but have lots of potential for future revenue growth if they change their buying behaviors? What are the characteristics of those accounts that provide diminishing returns? We need to take a deeper look at our existing accounts and build out our ICP profile and the problem profile for those accounts. Often, go-to-market teams will create their ICP and not segment their accounts. They're serving Seltzer to champagne clients that they should be paying personal attention to with uh, to, and with each interaction versus scaling and pushing out content and messaging through campaigns. With your tier one accounts, you should be tailoring to your LinkedIn profiles to speak to these accounts. Content should be created for specific conversations with those accounts. Messaging should be personal to what's happening in those target accounts. And you should go to each interaction with a point of view about what's happening in that target account within that company. So that you know, or so they can see that you understand that target account specific business needs. You should also be co-developing use cases and working together as one team to build a consensus within those target accounts. Many times marketing will create the ICP and ask for sales for their picks. Sales provides marketing with their wish list, where marketing may have 50 accounts that all look different. There's no context, not, not a real reason behind each account selection, except that the deal would be huge for sales if by chance they were to get the actual deal. Emmy Leopold, who's the VP of Marketing and Continue, mentioned on LinkedIn recently that ABM should be a go-to market strategy owned cross-functionally rather than something marketing does to create demand for a set wish, wish list accounts that sales provides. Other times, marketing will select the accounts, but they don't have complete sales buy-in. So marketing is simply running targeted demand gen. Uh, so we're you know, doing ads. This is something that we've discussed in other videos and podcasts. ABM should not be about sourcing the pipeline. ABM should focus on those tier one accounts that are unresponsive to campaigns, that were engaged initially, but then went dark for whatever reason, and those that are moving slowly in the pipeline, as well as those that have greater potential to get a more 
significant deal size if you can create internal organization buy-in. It's also great for accounts that are at risk and those customer accounts or target accounts that you want to expand. So sales leadership, marketing, and count teams have to come together and focus on the KPIs and business objectives that they want to impact now before they even select accounts. So where do we want to focus? Do we have too many accounts that are going dark? Then we need to choose tier one accounts with a strategic priority that can play a strong, we can play a strong role in and see how we can align with them. Do we have accounts that are stuck or taking too long in their buying cycle? which are the tier one accounts that sales and marketing can work together on and then put a process in place for these stuck tier two and tier three accounts. Do you have challenges going up market? Then we wanna figure out where we have the greatest mid-market wins and the characteristics and then work together for larger enterprises that are similar to your best stories. Then teams can work together on how to teach for differentiation against the status quo or competitors that routinely uh, win larger deals. So do you have customer churn issue that we need to focus on? So would we need to focus on protecting accounts that provide your company with the strongest returns? Then we need to work together to help those accounts that are looking elsewhere, see the impact that you had across their entire organization and how others will reopen the gaps that you filled. There needs to be a rhyme and reason behind the accounts that you select and it should be tied to KPIs the team wants to impact now and the business objectives that you want to impact. There needs to be a strategic reason behind you targeting those accounts. We need to go beyond typical segmentation factors, including buyer personas, industry verticals, company size, past purchase history, as studies show that segmentation is not actionable. Segmentation is only successful if it's actionable. It needs to help your sellers predict and influence your buyer's decision-making process. If you can predict your buyer's journey, you can take steps to influence that process to make it faster and easier to close the deal. If popular segmentation criteria doesn't translate to action for sellers, is there a better way? Well, Dr. Lef Bonnie, who's a behavioral scientist and research director at B2B Decision Labs, which is a corporate visions company, led a research study to learn what segmentation criteria are most effective for predicting buyer's personas, or excuse me, buyer behaviors and ultimately opportunities, wins and losses. The researchers analyzed 111 past deals and surveyed those past buyers to determine which steps they took to reach a decision and purchase the vendor solution. And they compared six segmentation factors. The first one was personas, the role or personality of the decision maker. Second was company size, past purchase history, industry verticals, problem profile or the problem that the buyer was trying to solve, and trigger events, the events uh, that caused the buyer to realize they had a problem. The most two most accurate predictors of buying behaviors were the problem profile and trigger events. The team then analyzed more than 6,000 opportunities at 20 different companies, and universally, problem profiles and trigger events are the strongest predictors of the buyer's journey. The most com common segmentation methods are buyer personas, industry verticals, and past purchase history weren't. They weren't the best predictors of buying behaviors. So overall, uh, the results of the study revealed two clear winners, problem profiles, trigger events. 
Problem profiles are those characteristics uh, of the problem that buyers are dealing with. These problem profiles are made up of three factors. They're what is the problem context? What is the problem clarity? And what is the problem consensus? And trigger events are what causes buyers to realize they have a problem and motivate them to seek a new vendor. So this might include things like loss of customers or complaints, loss of employees or complaints, senior executive initiatives, comparisons to outside benchmarks, or reduced quality or reduced efficiency. So once you understand these two factors, you can better predict your buyer's journey. And when you can plan for how your buyer buyers will move through the decision-making process, you can take steps to enable your team to influence that process and make it faster and easier to close the deal. But teams aren't looking to, for a reason for outreach and a reason to do an ABM. They continue to segment by persona, industry, revenue size, et cetera, and as well as if they are showing intent or if the target's showing intent versus does that company match a problem profile and do they have a strategic initiative that you can play a strong role in? It's the companies that match the problem profile and have a strategic initiative that you want to focus your time, money, and resources on. With the other accounts, you can use demand, a demand generation approach until there's a reason for account-based engagement or until they've raised their hand. It's time to take a better look at how we select, segment, and prioritize accounts for ABM.